Let the celebration begin. Come to Cabela's 4th of July sale and gear up for Independence Day. Get 50% off Cabela's American Flag Chairs 2-Pack and 50% off a Caravan 10-foot by 10-foot shelter. Plus, get 40% off an Abu Garcia Cardinal Sapphire Spinning Combo and 10% off all in-stock canoes and kayaks. Don't miss Cabela's 4th of July sale, in-store and online at cabelas.com. Welcome to Real Jam Radio. I'm Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to have you with us. This is part two of the over-under recap podcast. Arturo Galetti of Basketball Numbers came on before the season, and we did over-unders. We had to split that one, too, into Eastern and Western conferences, and guess what? We had to do the same here because we had a lot to talk about, which is a great thing. This one runs a little bit longer. I think it's about an hour and a half, and we go through all the teams. You should have timestamps if you care about that in the description. Hope you enjoy it. Portland, when we did the podcast, had the lowest over-under, uh, had the lowest over-under win projection in the entire Western Conference. We both loved and worshipped the over, and guess what? You're right. It's way, 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 way over. Like Portland does a really good job of finding talent that will coach, and they, we, we, I think we said it, it was like we liked the guys that they brought. I mean, they lost some really good, great players because you can see that from the impact those guys have had on the teams they've gone to. But they brought in, like, they got these guys from benches and from other places in draft, and they built a decent team. It's, I mean, it, it's not a great team, but it's a really competitive team. I believe Portland has the lowest amount of salary under the cap right now. They have the lowest payroll in the league. It's, well, actually, technically, the uh, the Sixers and I think it's the Sixers and the Magic do, but functionally speaking, they're all about the same. They're all within a couple million. Right, so they're, they're, they've done it. They've done a fantastic job. And, like, we, this is guys guys I like. This is what we're looking at. We like the guys they brought in. They did a really interesting job. Right. And so, like, if you're, if you're a Portland fan, you should be really excited that this team knows what they're doing. Well, what uh, I would say, what I, the way I describe what they did is that what Olshay, his job as the Portland general manager the, last summer, is the blueprint that any GM should do. And that doesn't mean you know exactly the same thing because not every team has Damian Lillard, has CJ McCollum, but the core part of it, and I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, is no bad contracts. Every guy they signed, whether they were a perfect fit or a bad fit, you know, whatever whatever it was, they were on a contract that at the deadline next year that they would be able to live with. And a lot of those guys are outperforming their expectations. And fantastic. Like everybody loved that Davis on the on, on on the for example on the uh on the Lakers. We loved that Davis and they got him for a steal. Uh yeah. they got Bird, they got uh Gerald Henderson is decent. Alpha Rucamino is with them, right, this year? Yeah. He signed a reasonable yeah, so, contract. Yeah, all those guys. They, they they got all these guys and like, you know, Alpha Rucamino has has some offensive limitations, for example, but if he's playing next to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, don't, those don't matter that much. Like, and and here's the this is the team that's the exact opposite of 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 some uh, of like say the Magic, where, whereas the Magic basically play the guys together and like have problems with like rotations. The Portland rarely plays. Like Portland does two things. Like they they play it McCollum and Damian Lillard as much as they can away from each other, and they never. I think it's in the of the course of, of this year. They've played exactly seven minutes without, like, seven minutes. So this is like 2016. Seven minutes without either Lillard or CJ McCollum on the court, right? Yeah, and so tonight, they, tonight they had more, but that was because it was garbage time because the Celtics blew them out. Garbage time is garbage time, but like, this is a team that's like does really maximizes what they do. 
They, as you said, they didn't sign any bad contracts. They got a bunch of really good young guys from other teams. And they're really well positioned because they have all this money, right? So they have no bad contract. It, it's a little bit kind of an, an accelerated masterclass of what the, the Sixers are trying to do. But these guys do it really well. And again, we loved it because we also love the coach, right? So we love the coach. We love the system. What's the upside on this team for this year? They could scare a team in the first round. They could. I, I don't know that I necessarily. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have them beating anybody in the top half, but they could take a team to six, maybe even seven. Yeah, Lillard, Lillard, and and Colin can each win them a game. And I, I, the problem is like they're gonna they're gonna get either Golden State or San Antonio or Oklahoma. I think OKC is their best bet probably. And those actually an OKC Portland series in the first round would be amazing. It'd be um, so much fun. It's so much fun. They're not gonna. They could. I could think. I think they'd probably beat the Clippers, but they're not getting the Clippers in the first round. Probably not. Um, Given again, this is a really young team that's going to be better at the end of the year. They have the advantage; they have guys who've been there before, right? If but um, if they were in the East, I would love this team against so many of their matchups. It's just another top sixteen argument, whatever you want to say. Like they're just, they just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. If your goal is winning a playoff series, but I don't think that should be a big priority for them right now. Portland versus Cleveland in the series. Cleveland, but I could see Portland taking some games and potentially winning it. Yeah, Portland, Portland would have Portland would have the uh, the Cavs fans scared for a couple games. For sure, for sure. Yeah, because it's, it's I mean I, it's, a, it's a really fun team and it's really well coached and it's I, I mean I, I admired basically if there's any justice in the world their DM's going to win GM of the year basically. Yeah, you really, I, I, you really, I completely agree with that because like you know well well or RC because um, I mean what they did to be able to keep their whole team together and add Lamarcus even though it hasn't worked perfectly is well, incre- is awfully impressive. As much as I admire the Spurs, I mean, yeah, let's argue the Spurs are going to win 70 games, but as much as I admire the Spurs, what, the, what Portland did was way, way harder, and they did it with the smallest payroll in the league. I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I would have no I would have no problem with Olshay getting it. Zero problem whatsoever, even though I probably wouldn't pick him if I had a vote. Yeah. No, I, I agree with your point, but I would for uh, Olshay. I think that's... They, he did a fantastic job. Denver Nuggets, over-under was set at 27... We both liked the under, but said to stay away. And it looks like I think they'll probably go over it by a little bit. I like a lot of what they've done. I actually looked at their win total. The only team I looked at their win total. So Denver has won 23 games, and it's 27. And I don't know that they're going to win that many games the rest of the season because the tank is in effect right now. And you can't really blame them. I think that uh, you know they they they've got some fantastic pieces. Jokic is great. Jokic is re- a really good piece. But you'll know, like if you look at their game logs, his minutes have been they've been. Kind of controlling his minutes because I think they're they're, they're not they're not in. Uh, Moutier, who was at one point about 800 minutes of the season, he was he was like having one of the worst seasons of all time. Is actually recovered. I mean, he's a 19 year old point guard, so I don't I don't. How's he that. How's he looked to you in the last month or so? He's been better. He, he's been playing like he's not showing up in the in the extreme edge. He's playing like you know he's playing like a rookie point guard. I I, I think that I give him full benefit of the doubt for the season. He's getting smarter about what he does, right? Yeah. So, uh, and he's and, taking and, less bad shots. Yeah, for the first three months of the season, whenever he was on the court, basically opposing point guards feasted. That's not quite the case. He's a he's gotten to the point where they're they're league average, and I was giving Jameer credit for that, but like Jameer's out, so he, he's doing a much better job now. He is. Um, this is again, they have Jokic is another one, uh, another fantastic big man uh, in this draft. They have other in this rookie players. in this rookie class, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have some really talented players on this team. Again, I don't think that it's in their best interest to keep winning this year. I yeah, think they're going to they, kind of... Once, now that Gallo's out, and it, it just, you know, just 
get a get, get a good draft pick and and, and move on. At this yeah, point. they actually got their twenty fourth win tonight because they played the tire fire that is the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, the Lakers. But we're not we're not on them neck on them yet because the team that's in between is Minnesota. Minnesota's over under was set at twenty seven and a half. We both strongly agreed to stay the stay away. I said slightly over. You said slightly under. But we the emphasis was to staying away, and that was the right call. Right now, I have it as a push. They're, yep. they're projected as 28. Uh, and, and here's the thing, right? Carl Anthony Towns may be the best player drafted in the last 20 years, right? It's and possible. I, and I, it's possible because... Well, no, he's not better than LeBron. Best sense, mm. Lebr- best sense LeBron, best excluding LeBron in the wow. last 20 years. I would um, be fine with saying. But LeBron, I mean, that was a different thing. LeBron wasn't this good at 19. Yeah, but what he what he showed, I mean, at that point, what I saw in him was the possibility of being able to run an offense and defend at three, which is insanely yeah. valuable. I had to adjust my models to account for his defense about halfway through the season. Basically, he's he's that good defensively uh, against fives. He, yeah, that's really... true. But it is it, and, what I've noticed and, is that he's a lot better, which is the least surprising thing in the world, that he's a lot better when KG's in. He's been a little bit shakier outside that, but he's still quite good. I mean, we're talking about but, a 20-year-old. Let's keep in mind that basically Minnesota's probably. I was gonna say uh, Sam Mitchell is in the. Uh, he's in the. Uh, he's in the same club as Byron Scott. He's not quite as bad as Byron Scott, but he's in the unfrozen Cavan Coach Club. And this is probably one of the worst coach teams. I mean, it, it's hard. They're like in, when you're with Byron Scott. I can't say you're the worst coach team in the West, but they're kind of. I gotta say they're the second worst coach team in the in the, in, in the West. No, it's hard to think of who would be ahead of them. And again, it's it's just Sam. Like they just run like really like bad. They run really bad offense on this team, and they they do things that are kind of like head scratching. And uh, I, I mean, I think Towns is fine. I think Labine has actually progressed really really well. This is kind of an understatement. He's gotten way better as a player. Wiggins really worries me because yeah. See, I was going to ask you about that. I, I I've and I've made the comparison. He's basically Rudy Gay. And people forget Rudy Gay was really highly touted. Rudy Gay got a max contract. Rudy Gay was like considered the best player on the Grizzlies. But it's the same kind of problem. He can't hit a shot, and he's they're pumping the usage through him, and he's taking he's basically he's gonna get rich taking bad shots because of this offense. And once you connect, like once as a player you connect taking bad shots to getting rich, right? This is really really dangerous. Particularly like it's the same thing that happened to those Grizzlies teams that had Rudy Gay. It's like they were better without Rudy, and it wasn't because because Rudy's been an effective player with on the Kings as like a second or third option, right? But if people remember what he was on the Grizzlies and the tire fire he was on the Raptors as a as a 20, 25, 30% Uchis guy, then you you got to go look with Wiggins and go, like, this is not really good for his development, right? That's a big part of it. And the second aspect, which is starting to really concern me, is that he has a lot of defensive potential. Like, you look at his tools, his athleticism, his length, but he is not a good defender right now. Yeah, his defensive numbers are people are like, Oh, he's a great defender, he's a better defender. like he's not. He's no, a garbage he's not. He's defender. really not. And so he's, that... a garbage, he's been a garbage fire defender since he was in college. I've got numbers for him in college and he was a garbage like he's got the physical skills. All they're having him do is like take these bad shots. Like he doesn't rebound, he doesn't uh really kind of like do other things. And again, he has the skills, but really the problem is like it, I kind of have this feeling it's going to become – we could be in a situation where he's like the third or fourth best player on this team next year, right? Because I think Levine's progressing. Levine's actually getting better and running off the ball and doing things. And Carl Anthony Towns is clearly the best player on this team, right? And Gordy Dang has actually become an effective NBA. Like, they're starting to use him properly. 
right? So I'm worried that Wiggins is it, it's going to be like game in, in in Memphis where like it's not and they're, they're similar, right? And it's not on him. It's just they're asking him to do things that like a modern NBA team can't do, right? You could do this 20 years ago, but you can't do it now. Like if you're taking these long contested twos or doing the usage or basically playing that Kobe style ball, that is the wrong ball to be playing in the modern era. Right. And, and once you, as I said, what I'm worried with Wiggins is he's at a point in his development that if he basically, once he becomes indoctrinated to this, it's going to be a real problem. Right. Yeah. He has all the tools, but he's not converting those tools into actual on the court production. And, and I think Mitchell is probably the worst possible coach he could have at this point in his career. I think he can figure it out, but he hasn't yet. And while perception doesn't really matter in terms of that, you know, people saying he's a better defender than he is, it doesn't really score. affect anything. But he's going to have to figure that out anyway. You know, he's going to have to get there. I, I don't doubt that he can. I just doubt a little bit that he will. But we'll move on to the Lakers. So we'll, this will probably be short. I said Walker. the Vegas over-under was at 28.5. You were lukewarm on the under. I love the under, and the under is a winner. Well, I mean, I think the issue was I, I kind of like their uh, – and get, to give you credit, I liked I liked the talent on this team, but I forgot that Byron Scott is the worst coach. He may be the, – over the last five years, he may be the worst coach in the history of the NBA. I believe he – basically something like – if you t- compare him to the Sixers, he's something like 20 – I haven't done this in a while, but 20 to 25 games worse than the Sixers over this course of time. And his teams have all been bottom five in defense. It's, it's, he's, he's a tire fire. He's horrendous. And – this team at times is it's just terrible to watch. What's interesting, have you watched a lot of the Lakers? A fair amount. There's interesting things that happens on this team when when Kobe's off the floor and somebody like Hibbert or Bass are in, on the floor. Where like all of a sudden they start playing, the ball starts moving around, and you can see Bass and 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 Hibbert coaching this team on the floor. Yeah. And like like they start moving the ball and doing things, and like they're doing like you you see the things you see with like D'Angelo Russell's doing things and, and Jordan Clarkson is doing things. It's great, and and I think it's happening. It's the same thing that used to happen with Chris Paul and Jason Kidd when they're coached by Byron Scott. Where I actually I've come to the conclusion that Byron Scott had nothing to do with that was actually happening on the floor. Right, I, I'm I'm fairly certain it was Kidd and, and 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 Chris Paul doing things. Right, let's just say this, Laker fans. Right, I'll say this as as a Celtics fan, the possibility that Byron Scott will not get fired this offseason makes me smile when I go to sleep. As a neutral basketball fan, it makes me incredibly sad, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll have a new coach, but what you said, I think, is is really relevant to this, and what I thought the goal of the season, and of course, if you want to showcase Kobe, that can be a thing. I, I, I don't really have a whole ton of opposition to that, especially considering the whole thing with their pick, but what they have to do is they have to properly evaluate what they have, and the way that I said they should do that is that they should play Russell Clarkson not Kobe, Randall, and a defend, a defend, the best defender they have at the five, whoever that is on that given day. And you see if it works. You know, if it works. And the, one of the problems is they don't really have a, a small forward that makes a lot of sense with that group because Nick Young doesn't resolve the problems that Kobe creates just a little bit. He just makes them a little bit different. And we haven't seen enough of that. That's what this team needed to do is say, okay, what is D'Angelo Russell? I think we know that he's good. He's done a very nice job the last month or two months or so. And I've always liked him. I thought he was a good player. Clarkson, a little shakier. Randall, not a soul. But I don't think we have enough right now to say any of those things definitively. And when you have to choose what probably will be another top three draft pick, you need to know because if any of those guys is good enough, that you're not going to take somebody at their position, you have to be dead set on that. 
Yeah, the problem is like, so I think they're gonna they're going they're gonna have a chance to get address some of these needs in the off season. The thing is, if Byron Scott's your coach, you're not getting anybody. Nobody. Nobody's coming to play with you. Byron Scott is your co- coach. And it, it, it's kind of, they should understand that. I mean, like, and again, I don't know that I want to, do I want to waste another year of Russell and, and, and Randall and Clarkson under Byron Scott? No, I, give me a real coach. Like, yeah. that, there's, I keep there's saying no, this. There's, Scottie, no, Scottie, there's no argument at this point. Scotty Brooks is tan, rested, and ready, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want to necessarily help them, but, like, there are moves that they could have made to to make this a lot more attractive in the offseason. You know, this, again, we mentioned Batum again. Batum would be a great fit for that young team. Like, he'd be, he'd be a good piece to add because he makes sense. Hey, let's add a small forward who's a veteran who knows what he's doing. He's played with young guys before, right? And, but, like, I don't know that what, – why would you come to that tire fire if you're a free agent? I mean, like, unless it's a paycheck, but, like, I don't know that – I don't see that – like, the guys you want – are not guys that are necessarily coming to the Lakers in, in, it's like in, in this offseason. Yeah. Since they won their last title, so of course that's more important, this will be the stretch from June 15th to July 15th, or a little bit later, will be the most important month in this franchise's recent history. Yeah, let's. The, one point for the Lakers, which is important, is like, so I went, I didn't go to Sloan this year, but I went the year before, and they were the only team not there. So they're the and I've and I've said this on Twitter. I've said like I would be willing to take their analytics department with my laptop, and I'm sure I could beat them. They probably have the worst analytics of any team in the NBA. And again, here's the thing: the this wasn't the case when they had Phil in there because Phil and uh, more than Phil Tex and some of his coaches, those guys, a lot of those guys actually do do analytics. But the guys that they have there are all these cavemen, like the unfrozen caveman coaches that like oh numbers ah oh, three, blah. and really you can't. Be that way. You you have to kind of be smart because the teams that are smart about these things, right? It's like the teams that are smart about these things are teams that are winning, right? And and really the Lakers. I mean, like I I mean I don't count the Lakers as a team that or like the Lakers and their fill as the team that wasn't winning. But basically, if you look at the last five, six, seven, eight years, the teams that make finals are all teams that like know what's going on or are smart. And the Lakers and the Lakers organization right now are the definition of not smart. Along the same lines, Sacramento Kings. This is one of my favorite things. So the Kings line jumped a lot. It ended up at 35. They were the only team that you and I both said push. And the 538 projection is exactly 35. It was 35, 538 at 45. We like 35, and they're projected at 35 right now. And we said stay away for exactly that reason. Ah, the Kings. Man, the Kings are a tire fire for multiple reasons. Um, But Boogie's good. He's not great. I'm a boogie boogie skeptic. I I remain a boogie skeptic. He is just slightly below a net positive player, basically. And and again, the problem with boogie, right, it's similar to Melo in that he really, in the best case scenario, is not your primary option on offense, right? Because you want him as a threat, but you want to run things off him and have guys can shoot around him. And this team... Like I think he, you probably better off if, if he was like maybe like ten percent, maybe five to ten percent less usage and doing slightly different things. And again, he also kind of he kind of takes games off too, right? So he's not. <laughs> yeah. so again, I I don't want him as the the character guy, or the main guy on my team. I, I probably prefer if he was like the second or third guy on the team, right? And adding him and Rondo and like this is. A bit of the island of misfit Florence. They don't quite have enough talent. And and we thought it was like they did all these moves, but they did all these moves to get to about 35, 36 wins, right? 
What's and, terrifying and, about them is that when you, it, I, I kind of like Willie Cauley Stein. I've always liked liked his defensive potential, but outside of him, this team doesn't have young guys where you're sitting there going, "Oh, blank guy is going to get better." And when you're as bad as they are, with as many draft assets owed as they do, you want to have these, even if they're lottery tickets, even if they're five to ten percent chance guys are working out, and they have almost none of them. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a weird, weird, weird kind of... I mean, it was always a weird roster. I mean, like, Rondo's not staying. And here's the thing. I, I malign Rudy Gay, but Rudy Gay is actually... At the price where he's at, the role he's at, he's actually a good player. Although, I mean, kind of Caspi's kind of affected, but he's not bad for that. And Boogie... Boogie is wasted on the Kings, basically. That's Agreed. the problem. He's wasted because he'd be better in another city. He has all the talent in the world, but, like, and, 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 and an asset. So who would you rather have? Same price, same salary. Him or Carol Anthony Towns? Moving forward? Yeah, right now, like for, for the next five years. Oh, I'd, I'd definitely rather have Towns. I think I'd, I'd ra- probably, depending, of course, on constituent talent, I would have rather have Cousins for the rest of this season, like if it was just, you know, for the stretch run. But, it, of course, it would depend on surrounding talent. Yeah, but what are they doing? Like, they're not qualified for the playoffs. Yeah, it's they- they're, in a, they're in a really bad spot, and they have this weird pick protection issue with the Bulls. So, yeah, I, I, I don't they, know what they're doing. They basically, they pulled the Nets, but at least, the, like, the Nets, if they'd actually remained, they, they act the Nets, Possibly could have done something when they did that. I mean, there was the Nets had a, the Nets had a ceiling. That's the difference. Is the the Kings are? It's not like they've been shockingly bad or that they've disappointed this year. They've been we they've done exactly what we expected them to do, and they're not. Not only are they not good enough to like make the playoffs, they're miles away from making noise, which is really what the goal should be. If your goal is just to make the playoffs, and this is another thing about a team we're going to talk about in a couple minutes. If that's what you're going for and you're giving up assets for it, you're thinking about it the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, again, I love George Carroll, but this is, uh, man, I always thought this was just like just just a rough, rough situation. Again, the, the other problem is like they don't have enough shooting on this team, and th- this is all like, like how do you how do you win in the West with Rudy Gay and Rajon Rondo in your starting lineup? The bigger question for me than that is, how have they not figured out that the way to win with DeMarcus Cousins is to add shooting? It's basically the easiest team-building thing. This isn't a modern NBA thing. This isn't in anything. It's like, you have a big dude who does pretty well in the paint and who can randomly now shoot some threes. Put shooters around him. This isn't rocket science. This isn't anything new. Just do it. You think they could have gotten Jay Crowder at some point? No. No. I don't think they could have gotten Jay Crowder. Well, I mean, because... Because the Jay Crowder was given up in the Rondo trade, and there's yeah, nothing the guy, the they guy, couldn't have made the Rondo trade because they didn't have anybody this, as good as Rondo, even though that was a mistake. Oh, and we haven't even talked about the car fire that was like the uh, the whole thing with George Carl and how they basically they fired him, but they didn't fire him because they don't want to pay, pay him severance. Yeah, I don't even really think we need to talk about that. I mean, we everybody kind of knows where they are with that, and it's disappointing, it's disconcerting, it's all that, but. I, I think that there isn't really much more we need to say on it, so we can move to a different tire fire, which is the Phoenix Suns. Their over-under was set at 36.5. I liked the under, you wouldn't have touched the over, and I was right. I said over, but I won't touch it. There were a lot of... I remember at the beginning of the season, the thing is, like, I mean, like, I like the talent on the squad, right? So, in a vacuum, Tyson Chandler, Brandon Knight, Derek Bledsoe. Basically, this team is, like, I, do they... I don't think... Are any of the opening day starters still on this team? Playing? Well, Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler's playing. Well, I don't think he started opening day. Oh, because he was hurt. 
who's hurt. Like this team, like again, this I, I don't remember like, who started for them opening night. So I mean, again, I think let's look at like you know basically you lost your you lost like Eric Bledsoe's a top defender on ball defender. I've got defensive stats going back like thirty years, and the season where he played with Chris Paul, that Clippers team was probably the best wing like like on ball defense like in the last thirty years. And it was like partly because of Paul, but partly because the second guy was Bledsoe, and so they were blitzing people like for forty eight minutes at the at the point of attack. But so once Bledsoe like went down. The defense on this team completely disappeared. Like they, they can't cover anybody to save their lives. And I mean, it's you, you can't do much about it. The whole thing with Markeith and Marcus was 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 bad because it, it, it the, the thing that always struck me about that is like I don't know why the hell they didn't back the coach, right? So fine, just just like you eventually they got rid of both of them. I don't I don't realize why don't just get rid of Markeith and just you know I mean the coach wasn't bad. Just you, you can't blame him for this year because like he lost all his players. He didn't have anybody. Yeah, I, I mean I think. Dev, I mean, they they have some positives. I like Devin Booker. Uh, Alex Len sometimes looks like an NBA player. TJ Warren, Warren's interesting. TJ Warren's interesting. I mean, they don't have enough at this point. I think when they get their all their guys back, it'd be good. It's it's a weird because this team had, was really promising. Like just was it two years ago, and they just I mean they just kind of getting rid of Drogic, getting rid of Isaiah Thomas. These guys are NBA players who are being effective on other teams and. It's Phoenix. I mean, like, I don't give them credit for being well run, and I think that's that's kind of been the problem. I like, you know, uh, Robert Sarver couldn't keep uh, Sarver still owns this team, right? Correct. Yeah, so Sarver couldn't keep Kerr happy, and like, they 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 have a history of just like not being very smart, and it does look like they've kind of reverted the form. So their opening night starting five was Bledsoe, Knight, Tucker, Markeith, and Tyson Chandler. So Knight. Well, I, not, Knight didn't play. He, I, he didn't play today. I think he's hurt right now. But PJ Tucker's playing a little bit. Tyson Chandler's playing a little bit. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. But their best players aren't playing. Yeah. And and Bledsoe is their team, really. Like Bledsoe, I, he would have been an All Star if he had stayed healthy. Like this was like he and he and Derek Favors were the two guys who like they would have been clear cut All Stars for me, and then they didn't stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, it, I think this is a team. They would have been. There were 30. I think they probably could have made that 36. I think now yeah, they're sure. definitely in the 30s. Certainly. And I think we both were kind of like, we wouldn't touch it because it was the bottom and like there was always the possibility of this happening. I mean, this is kind of sad at this point. But hey, you got Devin Booker, right? So yeah. that's, 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 Devin Booker is a really good player. He is. 6'6, six, six, he's 19, I believe. He's 6'6, six, six, he can jump, he can do things. Like, I think he's going to be really good in a couple of years. Yeah, we both really like him. Dallas over under was set at 36 and a half. We both said stay away, but you like the over, I like the under, and Rick Carlisle never disappoints. Well, I think Carlisle, I like the fact that they added Zaza. Uh, I, I, again, <laughs> the reason I, I like the under for Milwaukee, the reason I like the over for Dallas, is like, hey, add a competent rim protecting center. And again, I think Chandler Parsons has been really good for this team. Uh, they do have, they do a lot of work on that team at like finding ways to uh, keep their guys healthy, right? It's not, it's, there's some interesting like articles you can like read on, on, on Q and talking about like looking into like, uh, like medical, medical ways and training and all the things he does for the team. And they do a really good job at like getting these guys to look healthy. Deron Williams has actually looked like himself for a couple games this season, right? So like the old self, uh, Ray Felton looking like a competent NBA player. And, and, and I think that that adds up. I mean, it's, it's an interesting team. I don't know what the upside is for this team. No, but, but they don't need to, they don't need to have it. You know, they're, they're just, they're fighting for this year and they have an absence of their own draft pick. So they kind of have to deal with that. But you know, they're, they're kind of, 
they're living for the moment and they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I think that it was, it, it's, it's one of those where, um, you know, I mean, again, I like, this is a fun, I've watched them. I mean, I think partly, keep in mind, they've also lost some teams, right? So, so like, they've lost some games, like, just because they just, they're trying to keep their guys healthy. Do you think they're a player for somebody in the offseason? Yeah, maybe. It's hard to, hard to really know for sure. Like, if I'm Dwight, this is a team I might consider, right? Yeah, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure Cuban wants to be the guy who pays Dwight. You know, like, I, I, intuitively, there are parts of that. The other guy who's gonna get paid off of this team is Chandler Parsons. I don't know if he'll get paid by Dallas or someone else, but he's gonna get paid. And, oh, I forgot to mention Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews actually been surprised. We didn't expect Wes Matthews to play. But, especially um, not as, especially not opening night. Didn't he play? He played really early. It might not have been opening he night. Played, I think he played opening night, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and absolutely expected, incredible. Which was incredible. It's like, yeah. it's like him and MKD coming back. But like, I mean, again, I, they do a really good job of, of, of maximizing what they have. And, you know, I, more power to them, you know? We will move on to the Utah Jazz. Utah was projected to have, uh, was 42 and a half was the over under was set at. We both like the over, and the reason they might not get it is because the injury bug hit them harder than I think we both expected. I'm not willing to give it up yet. They're thir- like the line is a 42. They're they're 39. They did lose tonight. Well, they're what are they playing now? They lost. Uh, they lost yesterday. They lost yesterday. They they've been on a away trip. I think this team is better than their record. Uh, they haven't been playing that well recently but like i think i don't know it's like i, I like the talent on this team right so I, I like them now that they're healthy with hayward and favors and gobert the problem is they're kind of been having to rely on in case of emergency break class and get like shelvin mack as your point guard and while shelvin mack is better than old neto right i don't know that shelvin mack is a like i don't know why like they got shelvin mack couldn't they've gotten schroeder maybe like i don't know i don't know what, what the hawks were like asking I, I bet the hawks were asking for a lot um, but, but Utah, so Utah's gonna be good next year. Like, if they can get anything from the point guard spot, you know, if they can get an upgrade, even just Exum, you know, if they can get an if, upgrade, they'll be, they'll be so much better. I, I don't know the financials on this, but let's say in a vacuum, Exum for Schroeder, would you do that? No. If you Utah? No, because Schroeder is, first of all, he's very close. He's, I think, Next year is the last year he has on the rookie scale. Might be another year. I don't. I can't remember whether this is second or third year. But gonna. He's one of those guys. He's clearly not a max caliber player, so he's going to be properly paid or overpaid. Is he a starting quality point guard in the NBA? Not to me. Not right now. You know, he could be sure. eventually. He. I don't think so. He could be. You know, like he has the potential, but I don't trust him. The most important thing for a point guard is to be able to run a competent offense, and I don't trust him to do that yet. What about trying to maybe get Teague? Teague is too old for them. He's, you know, he would help them this year, but I don't really see the point. I'm talking about the guys who were available. He was available. George Hill was available. What about I, the, the guy who I was intrigued by for them is Drew Holiday because the the Pelicans are kind of a tire fire. And I'd he, rather, I'd rather, I'd rather have George Hill than like if I'm. Well, yeah, but the Pacers, have... the Pacers aren't going to give up George Hill without getting any point guard in return because that kills them this year. I mean, like I think like they were a point. I mean, they went out and got Shelvin Mack, and Shelvin Mack so. Okay. Yeah, but they gave up. They gave up nothing for him. That's different. You wouldn't be able yeah, to no, get a guy like the, that. Bargain being point. They they have the, the problem with Utah, right? Is they have no they have no point guard right now. So they have all these great pieces, but they can run an offense. It's a little bit like what happens with the Sixers, but like really the sad part is like these guys have actual skill. Like if they can get some competent point guard play, I I keep expecting like they could. They're gonna be like if they if they have competent point guard play, they're gonna be the the team that nobody wants in the first round of the Western playoffs. Yeah, I, this, I've, I've been thinking about a Jazz Clippers series for a while, but they're not gonna get up that high. Yeah, I, I thought they were maybe gonna figure it out, but they haven't, and it's sad because 
these guys, they have the pieces, right? They, they have the pieces. They're just missing. Like, and again, the thing I, I mentioned Exum because I'm not sure that Exum is an NBA player. It's, right. We're gonna have to see because I mean he was a he was a teenager last year and had some distinct flaws, but it's gonna be different. You know we'll, we'll have to see. I, I I honestly don't know where he's gonna be. I was super high on him in his draft, but that's only one small piece of the puzzle. But, but he's I, not play he's not playing any competitive ball for like he hasn't even played competitive ball against college players, right? Yeah, yeah. he played he played high school ball in Australia. He did he did well in FIBA, but that was of course a small sample size because that's a tournament. JJ Barea does well in FIBA. Yeah, uh, New Orleans Pelicans. 48 wins was their projection. We both we both wanted to stay away from it because we just didn't really know, and we liked the Anthony Davis for MVP bet. You know, that, they're having a disappointing year. There's not much else to say about it. That number was so high. It was really high. That number was so crazy, crazy, crazy high. And again, the problem was like, yeah, you know, Eric Gordon is injury prone, and a couple of the other guys on that team are injury prone, and it's just been a mess. They have AD. They're playing. I don't know what they're doing with AD right now because they sometimes they play in center. Sometimes they're playing a power forward. They don't have any other bigs really to play them against because Asik's kind of fell off the planet. And, you know, they lost Tyreek. They lost it. They just didn't. And again, this is the same kind of problem that uh, the Magic have, which is like they, sorry, the uh, Pistons have, which is like they don't have enough shooting around it. So, uh, again, I don't blame AD's regression a bit on him because, one, he's being asked to play the five as opposed to the four, and they don't have anything else around them, really. Like, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in him defensively. I th- I thought he'd be he'd be able to handle it a little bit more. But on the offensive end, no, that I have no problem with that. The problem is like so, the, the underrated. They lost Aminu, right? So like the other thing is like that. Well, they lost you know, Aminu. They lost Aminu before that. He wasn't on the Mavericks last year. Right. You're right. It's two years ago. But like even that, like so. But so Pondexter helped. Yeah, but you play you play AD at the at the five, and you play Rand Anderson at the four. It doesn't really work because Rand Anderson is a guy you want next to a defensive center, and you can't if you put AD at the five, you're taking away from some of the stuff that makes him great, right? So you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot with what you're doing, right? So it's 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 a weird. I mean, I thought it was gonna work better, but like you know, again, it's like you've got Tyreek and Drew Holiday and Eric Gordon, and it, it's not a good mix of talent. Like the number. It was way too high on this team, yeah. right? And, and I think we were we, we liked AD for MVP, but we didn't realize that this was going to happen. We thought like, oh, Seek was going to play center, and he was going to play the four, not what they're doing, and they were going to move Brian Anderson for something, right? And that's not what they did. So, uh, I mean, I don't know what what are they doing from from this point. I mean, do, do you kind of need to blow it up? I, I don't even know what blowing it up means for this team because it's not like they're going to be able to get out of Omar Oshik's contract. You know, blowing it up obviously you keep Anthony Davis. Is Omar contract a bad contract? It's a terrible contract. I think it might be the worst that one in the league. Isn't it like ten million? Yeah, yeah, but like ten million is like pocket change now. Yeah, but it's really bad pocket change. Yeah, there aren't bad contracts. Like him being the worst contract in the league doesn't mean what it did when Kobe had his deal, when Joe Johnson, David Lee, you know those guys, when that, those were Mello's, truly devastating contracts. Mello's probably the worst contract in the league right now. It's a, I think it's a, it's a year or two shorter, and he's actually a positive basketball player. Like it, it, that's another one of those relative choices, you know. Like it, for it, certain it, teams, it's a, it's a contract that's going to stink more over time. That's true, but so will Oshix. But Oshix is just smaller. But I think the problem is like yeah, a ten, a ten million. It basically starting like it might get close to the MLE pretty soon. So it's like it's not, it, it's not that ter- like for you. You could pay Omar Asik ten million dollars to come off your bench in like two years. 
or a year. Well, if he can even be off a bench at that point. But anyway, I think that's a little bit of an esoteric argument for yeah, right I now. Don't, here's the thing. The other problem might be like, I don't know that these guys have a great... I think I would say that their training staff is probably subpar. Yeah, because, definitely subpar. So Asik might actually be effective on a team that actually has a decent training staff. Maybe, right? but so yeah, but nobody's trading for him right now. But let's move on to Memphis, team that has some injuries right now. Projected 50 and a half. Looks like they're going to go under, but of course, that's a lot of that is just that they've been decimated by injuries. Again, but I think I've been banging this drum for two years. I think I said it the year before, and they were lucky on injuries. But I said, look, this is an older team, and they're going to get hurt, right? So, and 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 really, you know, it's just the way it goes because they have a lot of older players. Uh, I kind of like what they've done in terms of kind of shuffling their deck and bringing some talent on the board. Um, Especially getting picks for it. You know, that, that yeah, they no. did that for a good reason. They did well. Yeah. And here's the thing. Actually, they, 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 they traded away Jeff Green and got Lance back. And actually, I think Lance is a better fit for them sure. because they're using him way better than he was being used. They're basically giving him the ball. He's getting usage and he's being effective for them. So, and like, you know, again, they got a bunch of guys who do things, right? They got Siebel. Like, again, I think this is still a decent team. Can Mark get back before the end of the season? No, he's out for the year. Wasn't it a broken leg? Broken foot. Oh, ooh, seven footers. Yeah, that's, he's gone. Yeah, yeah so, he's done for the year. It, it, again, I think, I think that, like, uh, give credit to their, to their, to their, um, to their GM. Uh, they, they do a really good job of, like, a, a kind of talent they bring in. I think they, they, they made some lateral moves. Now, it's going to be an interesting offseason because I think they're, they're probably going to lose Conley, aren't they? I don't know what Conley wants. I think this is another one. I think the parallel might be Dwayne Wade, where it's better for everybody if he leaves, but I can't be sure that he will. So where would Conley go? A lot of teams are going to offer him money. You know, you think Chicago? You think Chicago is a good destination for Conley? You know where I want him to go? Where? Orlando. Ooh, but oh, but Old Depot, Old Depot. Would you like play play Old Depot off the play Old Depot the two? Well, you sta- you stagger him. You you put so you play. I think they would work decently together. <laughs> There's only too many guards on that team. I think there, that... there aren't enough guards that can create for other guys. You play you what you do is you tie Conley and Aaron Gordon together. And you say, Okay, you guys play together, you build a chemistry and and go through and ideally then if you were gonna do something like that, you draft you draft a point guard this year that is more I in believe... line with Conley and then you try to trade Peyton and then you basically the idea would be that when Conley's c- contract is up He's gonna be the he he'll be kind of the either equal or he'll be replaced by the other dude. Yeah, I believe you're looking at the starting point guard of the 2016-2017 New York Knickerbockers, Mike Conley. I think that's it's, that's it's it's possible, but I don't I'm not sure they'll have cleared enough money for it. I would be disappointed with that just because I would rather see Conley go to a team that's going to be successful in the short term. I think I'd be interested in seeing him next to Porzingis. I think him Porzingis and Robin Lopez is whatever they can get for Melo is interesting. If Melo that no trade, that no trade. That's that's what makes that contract really bad. Is they gave him a no trade. Yeah, if it had been and, either they'd given him less money or they hadn't given him a no trade, it would have been fine. Like that, but I killed that signing for that exact reason, and all these Knicks it, fans got up in arms about it. But that was exactly the rationale. If you don't give him a no trade, you've already moved him for like you've already moved him like four or five times. Like he's he's. But whatever. That's that's what makes it kind of dumb because. You can get somebody that like you've got two good pieces. You got the, the you got you got Porzingis and Lopez, which are good pieces. A follows all right, and if you get like a, like you get two more guys, you could have a team that could like make the playoffs in the East and be interesting in the next few years. But like Melo kind of kind of limits you a little bit. In yeah, that, in, in what you're trying to do. That's oh. it's certainly true. But let's move on to Houston. Houston was the over under was set at fifty five and a half. 
we you thought under, I thought over, but we both said to stay away and that the title odds were more interesting. And look at that. They're going way under. Yeah, that team uh, is a hot mess. I, I, I mean, it's just kind of that there's so many distractions on this team. I mean, like adding Lawson was a bad idea. I mean, we thought it was a good idea at the time, I think, for what they're doing. I understood the gamble, but it just didn't work. And I think the problem is, like, when you have a lot of guys like that, if you don't have necessarily a strong locker room presence, like a strong – like, who's the leader in the locker room for this team? It wasn't the coach. It wasn't McHale. It's not – what's who's the guy who's coaching that team now? J.B. Bickerstaff. It's not Bickerstaff. It's not Howard. It's not Harden. Yeah, and it's not like a, it's going, not like a Riza is a, dr- a grizzled vet or something like that. You know, there there isn't really that. They, and this team doesn't have a lifer. They don't have one of those. You know, just even if they're not a a great player, somebody who's just been on this team for a long time. So yeah, they have that problem. My question for you is this: Well, I think we both feel he's a very good player. I have this weird feeling that I haven't really said much yet that this summer would be a great time to trade James Harden. You don't trade James Harden, right? Let me explain. So, so what I mean by that is, okay, so, so basically, I always make this argument. I get in this argument with Professor Dave Barry, right? So I argue that you never ever pay a guard ever. You never pay a guard unless he's the best guard, like the bet, like the best, like the top three guard in the league, right? So you pay Curry, you play Chris Paul, you pay James Harden, right? And when you have the guy, like the best shooting guard in the league, you can win the title, right? So if you have Kobe, if you have MJ, if you have Harden, you can win the title. And really, if you think about it, like, OKC really has never recovered from that trade. Because, yeah, I mean, like, he was the guy who stirred the drink and made everything kind of work, right? And I think, regardless of anything else, you keep Harden as your core piece, and then you build around them. And just get, like, just don't get head cases around them. Like, putting him and Dwight Howard together was, at the end of the day, a bad move. One, because Howard just kind of decayed, like, physically. But two, because they're they're, like... They're like immature. Like the concern for this team was like this team is really immature. Like they're going out and partying and doing all sorts of stuff. And you need guys, right? When you have a guy like that, you need guys who are kind of more stable. Now, I'm gonna say this, right? So we we know about Harden, right? So we know about Harden because we live in an era where like everything's open. But I'm a hundred percent sure that Michael Jordan was about ten times worse than anything Harden has ever done, right? Right. And if we lived in an era where, like, like, if Michael Jordan had played in an era where there was Twitter, Michael Jordan would have blown up Twitter like a million times, right? I I, like I agree right? with all that, but at the same at the same time, like his defense seems like it, the the positives were an aberration. What I what, and what I'm saying with Harden is not like oh move him for anything. It's I feel like this is a year that somebody might still say hey he's a year what off you, of finishing finishing number two in getting, MVP. What is an equivalent return for James Harden? What are you getting? It's going to be a mint from your favorite team, the Boston Celtics. I think that's really where you where you'd piece it together because they have they have you know like I think it would involve at least one, probably two of the Brooklyn picks, and then whatever else of their talent that uh, you know like kind what of you, not, not the top tier guys, but whatever the else is, they're interested in. And I know that was rumored, but the problem is like the Celtics don't need guys uh, right now. The need for this, they need an effective they need an effective big man. That's what the Celtics need. And here's the thing, like, if you can get Harden, like, if you're the Celtics and you can get Harden, and you get Harden and you don't, if you get Harden and you don't have to give up, let's say, one of the Nets picks and, like, Crowder and Isaiah Thomas, right? And maybe Avery Bradley. If you can keep those three things in the pick, then you, you have to do it. But ideally, if I'm going to go all in, if I'm the Celtics, I want to get somebody who can actually, like, they get murdered by teams who have size. Like, Carl Anthony Towns made them cry. 
Like, big men just go into Boston and just completely yeah. wreck them. Yeah, I'm not and saying I would do that deal. I'm saying that I think that's the type of thing that could be out there that I would consider if I'm the Rockets. But I think Danny I, Ainge sees things differently than I do for a lot of reasons. I, the other problem is, like, that contract that James Harden has is actually becoming a really good contract. Oh, it's a great contract. That's why I think it's you great, move him he, now. He's on a great contract. It's like, if you're the Houston, you move everybody else. Like, the two guys you want to keep. You want to keep a reason. Want, I, I, uh, hell, I'd probably even move a reason. But, like... You keep hard and, and you, and you, and you just basically shift the, the tenor of the guys you have around. You need a better coach, right? You need, you need a better coach who's kind of a solid presence. You need some guys that are a little more mature around them. You can't have like Dwight and his buddy Josh and like Ty Lawson and it just, it, it just hasn't worked. And I mean, there's talent there. It's just like basically that team is just like, it, it's crazy, right? So like they show up for games and like, like, look, it, we have a running joke, and like we, I, I do daily fans. Like, we have a running joke. Is like, is Harden gonna show up like looking like he's drunk today, right? And like, and play himself into like shape in the second half, or like, or like, are they just gonna play like out of sorts for like two quarters? And like, it happened a couple of years weeks back, uh, a couple of days back in Portland, they played like crap for two quarters, and then they charged back in the second half when they actually cared. And I've seen this team on TV just look like it's just like if those guys showed up like they do for games sometimes where I worked. I would send them home, right? And and it's just like it's just an for them it's not an issue of talent, it's an issue of maturity. They really need to change kind of the composure of 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 the guys that they have there. I wouldn't get rid of Harden though. That's the guy you keep because of the contract. Because it's like it's going to be really hard for you to replace him with something that works. Like so are the so if you're getting the guys from Celtics, right? Are you getting Brett Stevens too? So I'd rather kind of just like get a better coach and and maybe move some pieces around to get better talent around them. Right. So get like better and what I say, maybe not better, but like necessarily like maybe smarter talent or like more mature talent. You know what I mean? I, I agree with all that. I, it's just that I think that the time it will take to get everything around with Harden, you also have the risk with him. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent for the first time. If he leaves and you build around him, he's so he's devastating. Also, for the Celtics specifically, if you can have a backcourt of Harden and Smart, I think that would be amazing to see. I'm not 100% sold on Smart yet. Neither am I, but if he doesn't have to be the guy who runs your offense, and he can just be, and then defensively it's just sick him on your, sick him on the other team's best guy, that's amazing. The the best value for James Harden is running your offense. He's, the best value, the best situation for him is he, he needs, he's basically a rich man's, he's Mono Ginobili. That's who he is. Yeah, I agree with you. that's what you want him to be. So you want him to be running your offense. That's what you want. Yeah, so he can do that on the Celtics. You, you then if if you get him, then if you need to move Isaiah, you move Isaiah. It's happened before. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh... But again, I'm not saying like just dump him for anything. I'm saying you hope that somebody. If this is the year where I would place those little calls with teams that have the right assets and say, hey, if you're interested. Like, let's say the late, let's say for whatever reason, like the Lakers wanted to make a mistake trade and wanted, let's say they kept their pick this year and they were willing to give up like D'Angelo Russell and that pick. Like that would be, I think that would be something that would be the foundation of a great James Harden trade if I were Houston. Agree. Agree. Yeah. So you just, you and so you're not, you're, you don't feel the pressure to do it. That the pressure would come in another year or two, but you're basically, you're creating the mistake feel and you're just leaving it out there and you're hoping somebody, somebody does it. And if nobody does it, then you keep them and you're happy. Agree. Agree. Now we'll move to the team that traded James Harden, Oklahoma city over under was set at 57. We both thought the under was, was the better bet, but to stay away from it and that Durant for MVP was better. And I think that I still think it was too high. 
Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was too high. I mean, like, it was 57, right? Yeah. So, and right now we're projected at 53. We liked the under, and, and for the reasons we liked it, right? So we said stay away, but the reasons we liked this, like, we thought that's, like, Durant was going to miss sometimes. He did. We thought that Enos Cantor, they overpaid him, was a terrible contract. He couldn't stay off the court against, like, the better teams. This is true. Same thing with waiters. And th- again, this is the problem. Like, they, they, they don't have a, they can actually stay on the court against some of the better teams. And, uh, you know, I think that we also were a little concerned about Billy Donovan. Although Donovan has actually gotten better as the season has gone on. He's, he's doing the whole thing now where, where he's staggering them. And this has helped KD tremendously. It's helped Russ tremendously. They still have the problem against the better teams that, like, they don't have enough talent to surround Westbrook and KD. And that's, at the end of the day, I mean, that's, they can't get into, like, they can't, I don't think they, they can't beat San Antonio or, or, or Golden State in the series with the talent they surround those two, those two guys with. And I think that at the end of the day, that's what's going to cost them those two guys, right? So, I mean, do you disagree with that? I think that's a part of it. I, that's, you know, the, the bets they made, I think, were bad at the time and have looked worse now. You know, Canner, of mm-hmm. course, is, is Canner, Dion Waiters. Moro, you know, could have worked, didn't work. I think they did a nice job with Foy. But, yeah, you're looking at the total package, and they, they just don't have the constituent pieces. I still think that the incandescence of their two guys is enough to give them a, a decent chance against those teams, but, of course, not favorites, not anything close to that. But they're they're just so talented that they could that they can do it. But as you said, you know, like they're what's what saddens me about Oklahoma City is something we've talked about with a couple teams, which is this. So let's say, you know, let's say they don't make the NBA finals this year, which I think is a is a very reasonable bet. What reason is there to believe, even if they bring every single player back, let's say the best case offseason, reasonable offseason scenario happens for them. They're not better next year. They're the same. Katie's Katie's not coming back. I think he's coming back next year. I think he's going to sign a one plus one. I wrote I wrote about it today for the Sport News. That's what I think is going to happen. He's going to do that because it gives him plausible deniability. There are a lot of reasons for it, but I my instinct is that he is not back there. If I were to, why doesn't what? Why ahead. does he take the one plus one with them and not with somebody else? that's his best chance of winning a title next year. And they, they still have his bird rights. You're giving them a chance. There's no reason for, to me, there's no reason for him to sign I, that contract. Why wouldn't else. he go, if he wants to win, if he wants to make a finals, why doesn't he go, just go East? Well, it's not about making the finals. I think his goal is winning a title and winning a title and he making wants, the finals he, are different. If he wants to make the finals or win the title, he's either, you either go to the Warriors or go to the East. That's two things you need to do. But I, I think the other part of this is, if you're going to leave, you leave in a more serious way. And what also, and I wrote this in the piece, that's a part of the logic that I am I think he is going to be using. I, of course, haven't talked to him about this. Is some of the teams in desirable cities are really, really uncertain right now. You know, the Knicks, the Lakers, even the Clippers to a point. And one year of seeing what those teams do, seeing what, what they don't do, will give him much better information. So the only way for me that he leaves this year is for a team that might not be able to sign him next year, which is the Warriors, basically. Maybe the maybe the Wizards, but the Wizards could probably make it work right now if they don't spend right. stupidly this summer. Yeah, but again, the problem with the Wizards is they're, I mean, actually, the Wizards are talented, but they're not well coached, right? That's my that's my issue. If they were better coached, that'd be a better option, I think. But they can hire a new coach. Like, they, they could hire Kevin Ollie or whoever else. I mean, I'm not, I'm not so, saying Ollie would be a great NBA coach. He'd be better than Whitman, though. Let, let me let me say this. Do you have? Does he have a better shot at winning the title with the 
Thunder or with the Wizards with a better coach? Next season, I think he has a better chance with the Thunder, but I agree with you that it's probably closer than many think. I mean, like, that team, like, it has, I, I would say right now the talent on the, like, if you, let, let's take KD, let's take KD out of the equation, right? KD's out of the equation. And we're comparing the Thunder roster versus the, war, the like, the, the Wizards roster. I think the Wizards roster might be slightly better, right? It's less, think, it's less top heavy, but it has better balance. The Thunder, the Thunder has the best player, and, but I think actually the distance between Wall and Russ Westbrook has actually shrunk, right? Agreed. But then well, you start Russ looking is having at, one hell of a year, but yeah, Wall is, Wall is doing yeah. really well. Wall is also having a hell of a year too. I mean, I yeah. think that, that, but then you start looking at the rest of the guys on that roster, and I think that, man, if you put KD on that Wizards team, Aren't they the favorite? Aren't they the heavy favorites to make the finals out of the East? They're, I wouldn't say they're the heavy favorites. I'd say they have a very good chance of being, you know, it'd be them and the Cavs, but I think you'd have a you'd have a good argument that they'd be better than Cleveland, especially if, if age takes them down another peg in another year, specifically LeBron. Right. But yeah, so I can see that, but I don't think you make that move unless you're totally sure of it, and you can't be sure with this, especially when the Wizards have had, you know, they've had a shaky GM for years, they've had a shaky coach for years, and they've done nothing about it. Agree. No, that's, it's all fair points. I mean, it's... Like, to me, if he leaves, it should be for the Warriors, and there are a million reasons why he should and should not do that. And But that's a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we agree on that. Yeah. So what do you think their odds are of winning the title this year? Mm, 10 to 15%. That high? Yeah, because I could see, well, first of all, there's the possibility of injury to one or both teams, which, of the teams above them, which I think would, that would really help them. And if, if to me, if they make the finals, they're favorites in it. So. I think it's, it's gotta be more like 5 to 10% because they have, they'd have to be the Spurs and the Warriors on the road. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I understand, I understand that, but I. And then I, they have to, be, then they have to be the Cavs, which I think that would be, they can beat the Cavs, but I think, I think it's not a, an automatic win by any means. Yeah, I guess if I, I guess if I were really thinking about it, they would probably get let's say a puncher's chance, so twenty percent, let's say, against both the Spurs and the Warriors. Maybe a little bit higher, maybe thirty, thirty, maybe like you know, maybe one in three. Maybe that's more fair. But one in three times one in three times whatever the finals odds are is lower, and the chances of an injury aren't that high. So you mm-hmm. know they're high. So yeah, I mean, you're probably right. It is a little bit lower than that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a weird sort of place but i think that you know again they're in the wrong conference and that kind of hurts them across the board speaking of being in the wrong conference the los angeles clippers they were over under was set at 57 and you said push i said under i i think they're going under yeah right now i've got it under they're predicted 53 uh you know blake has been out for forever for this team and, and that makes a difference. What do you think of the... I mean, like, I think, again, the problem with this team is the, the best possible use for Chris Paul and Blake Griffin is not playing with each other, right? And this this has been kind of what I've said. Like, they're both kind of better when the other's not there, right? So it's, I think It's that a big they, problem. It, it is, because they're both great basketball players, but they don't mesh perfectly together. And what basically, Blake Griffin does a nice job of keeping an offense, you know, above water. But mm-hmm. you don't need to do that with Chris Paul because that's what Chris Paul's for. Yeah. So who do you, who, if you were keeping one of them, who would you keep? Well, I've written, I, I've written before that I think they should. I think the Clippers should have seriously considered trading Chris Paul. I think you should honestly. I think they should trade both of them. I don't think. I, I think the problem is that they're both like they're they're both at this stage where they're 
they're very good players. Nobody's contesting that. When I wrote the Chris Paul piece for the Sporting News, which got picked up by a bunch of places, people, a lot of people are like, oh, you think Chris Paul's a bad player? I don't. Second team All-NBA this year, I think he's an excellent player, but I am scared of point, small point guards in their 30s. And Blake Griffin is a very good basketball player, but he's going to hit free agency soon, and he's an acquired taste. He's not perfect for the modern NBA. He's not perfect for every team. Yeah, they were, there was a there was a rumor that Orlando offered, I think it was Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic and a couple other guys for uh, Griffin. Would you have done that? Huh. Aaron Gordon doesn't cure what ails the Clippers, just in terms of that. I'd be, and you would be getting Vucevic to trade him. Well, you know, like you can't you can't play him. You, yeah, you'd, you'd have to do it. You can't, you can't have Bushwick playing next to on to. No, to you, you straight you straight up. I, actually, he'd probably be to better defensively, just because you you wouldn't be relying on him to protect the rim. So it'd be kind of the idea of that Demarcus Cousins does okay with Willie Cauley Stein because you just take him away from the most most important thing that he has to do. But I'd consider it, but I think they could probably do better. I like Aaron Gordon, but I'm not convinced that he'll be the best or second best player on a conference finals team. I'm not saying he can't get there. He certainly can. But I'm not sold on it yet. And I think if I were going to move Blake Griffin right now, that would be a prerequisite. I think what's going to happen is they're going to move him in the offseason. I think that's what's going to end the the end game here. And I think he's going to be like, he's going to make some interesting things come in play. Right. Because what do you, what do you like, think their title odds are right now? What would you put it at? Not, not the where the, not where the betting line is, but what do you think their chances of winning the titles are? Yeah. They're going to wind up being the fourth seed. So they, they get the Warriors in the first round. Um, second round. Oh, that's right. They, they play the second round. So they, they get something like Memphis, who I think they win. And then they get the, the Warriors in the second round. So I would give them. I would give them something like similar to the Thunder, like maybe ten percent, because what they what the the scenario is seven or eight percent, probably a little more, because I think that it I got to take into account the fact that it's a much rougher series. Well, here's the thing: if, if Blake is healthy, and I've said this, if Blake is healthy, I think the Cavs don't have anybody that can stop Blake. I think that's that's you were saying the Clippers, the Cavs beat the Clippers, but I think the problem is like in that series, Blake just basically just destroys everything. There's nothing the, the, the Cavs can throw at him. Who's covering Blake in a, in a, in a, in a Clippers Cavs series? If you, put, can't if, do if, you put, if you put Tristan on him and just force him to shoot jumpers, it could kind of work. It wouldn't be great. It wouldn't be perfect. I, it would not be good. I mean, I think it would be like LeBron can't do it. Tristan but then you'd have love it. on you'd have love on DeAndre, and that would just be a disaster. I, and again, I think I think in that series, the Clippers are bad. Like they're. It's it's a Styles May fight, and the Clippers would be a bad matchup for the Cavs. But again, I think it's like seven. So they need they need something. They need the Warriors not to be hundred percent, right? Yeah, I have and their I have because, I'd have their odds at less than five percent, but not much less. You know, I'd have so it's pretty close it, to you. But the problem is like they match up they match up well against the Spurs, and they match up well against the Cavs. That that's the thing for them, right? They don't want the Thunder. They don't want the Warriors. They're gonna get the Warriors or the Thunder, right? So I think that's what happens. They're gonna get the they're gonna get, they. They they'd have to beat the Warriors and that's a tall order. They have to be healthy and the Warriors would would something would have to be wrong with the Warriors for them to win that series. Yeah. Particularly they're going on the road to do it. And the, the, you you've seen them. They they basically like they get into a game against the Warriors and they just blow that game, right? Like yeah. they, they they just they just snake bit against that team. So I think it's like five percent. Yeah. Right? It's it's not out of the realm. I wouldn't say oh it's out of no it's not out of the realm of possibility. San Antonio was set at fifty seven. We both leaned on the under, but of course I'd stay away because it's Greg Popovich and they're an all-time team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we both leaned on the under because Pop. We thought Pop did not care. Yeah. 
about it wasn't about seed. it wasn't about their talent level at all. But Pop apparently cares about the one seed this year. He he, they have not taken a game off the entire season. They've been going hard every single night. They're playing with a start point margin. This team is really really good. Any other year, I'd be saying like San Antonio's winning the title. But the Warriors exist, right? So, but but this is a really good team. They I don't know that they've yet found their form. What's really and I was talking to uh, Evan C uh, on on uh, he's a guy behind NBA Wall. We were talking and we were both we both loved Cal Anderson when he got drafted, right? And we both we both were really pissed that the Spurs that he felt the Spurs. And Kyle Pop has actually had him buried and like develop him. He's starting to use him because his defense has started to come around. He's starting to do things. And Kyle is really a really interesting piece for this team because he opens up a lot of like like weird small ball lineups for them. If he's the primary ball handler, you can do some crazy things if you're the Spurs. You right? can play and some. He, you can play some tall ball with him too if you wanted. Yeah, if you if you throw Kyle like like if he's an effective player and he's starting to look like it, if you're throwing him and Danny Green who's actually playing well and Kawhi as your one two three. That matches up really interestingly against the Warriors, right? So again, Pop. Pop tweets the regular season as a laboratory for the playoffs. And everything he's doing this season is he's looking for ways. Everything he did in the offseason, everything he's doing this season is about playing the Warriors and beating the Warriors. And the other thing that people need to keep in mind, because this has happened before, and I think you and I may have talked about this, where like when he plays the Warriors in the season, he does he re- he does not reveal all the tricks, right? So he I doesn't think reveal game, any of the tricks. Yeah, I think that first game they played, you can kind of throw it out. You like the same that that game against the, the Warriors and the game against the Cavs. It's the two games in the season where like I would go like, eh, he, I don't think he threw anything out of that playbook in those two games. Right? Well, that's you, why I'm so, so pissed they're playing twice in the last week of the season. It's because you, it, it's a it's a guarantee that they're not going to do anything then. Yeah, I mean, it's I know I understood. I think we talked about this in the initial was like we talked. I understood why they got Lamarcus. Lamarcus makes it interesting because he hits these shots in the middle of their offense that makes it really interesting. The other thing to keep in mind is they haven't really gone. They haven't really used a three ball offense this year, right? So they they've kept that part of their their, their they've kept. So they they're putting this historic point margin out there. They're beating the crap out of people. People, and we know they're basically they're not running at the highest possible gear. Right? Would you agree with me on that? Of course. They they kind of, which is it's insane to say that they're putting up these historic point margins. They're really kind of going fourth. They're going fourth gear. They're playing Timmy twenty five points, twenty five minutes a night. They're resting everybody. And, and I think that again, if they were in the East, they they would have to take the odds of them like like making the finals off the board, right? They're just it now. Nobody in the East is going to beat them before making. It. But like they're playing the West, it's going to be really interesting. And I think it really is going to come down to the fact that. Uh, you know, I, it, it's going to come down to how healthy, like if they need Danny, they need Kawhi, and they really probably need either, they, they need they need healthy Tony, but I think they need a secondary ball, and like Cal Anderson could be the answer. Right? That's that's the thing I'm watching for them. Right? They need somebody else that can like stay on the court and pursue the Warriors. And Manu's kind of hurt, and he's not the answer. And Tony can be... Kind of bad spurts. Patty's actually been playing well too. Patty's been playing decently, but I don't know if he's the defender he was two, two or three years ago when they beat the Warriors, right? I mean, you kind of get what I'm saying. Like they, they need the guy that can stay in front of Curry and, and Clay, right? There are so many reasons that I, I I think that the Spurs are they're such a great team, but the Warriors are very well suited to capitalizing on their mismatches. The the big men that they have are talented they're not great handling pick and rolls so the Warriors happen to have like one of the most dangerous pick and rolls in the league and one that's specifically hard for slower big men to handle 
So that's mm-hmm. going to be a big challenge for them. And so you can talk about, and this is something that I believe, is that if when they get into a series, that if you're if they're going to run a lot of Draymond, Steph pick and roll, then you have Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard as the two guys on that pick and roll. So those, meaning however you want to define the assignments, it's those two guys. What that mm-hmm. means is neither one of those guys, of course, can be a primary ball handler. Neither one of those guys is is really a secondary. I mean, Kawhi can do it in bits, but that's not. I don't think that's what he's best at. So you're asking for a lot from the other three guys. And so if you have to do that, and you can't play those guys, I don't think you can play Danny Green 35, 38 minutes a game, and they don't have a second player. Jonathan Simmons, I don't think he's that player. That's He does a lot of things well. He's more of a guy you stick on Clay, and Clay's not going to have as good a night. And Jonathan Simmons also is not a ball handler. He's not a secondary or primary ball handler. So they're going to have to do some different stuff. I fully believe that they are capable of it. And you're mm-hmm. right. I mean, this is an all-time team that could very well be the best team in league history to not win a championship. Yeah, I mean, it that series. Well, I mean, it obviously it's that, that Milwaukee team with Kareem, but like it, it's these teams are that good. Yeah. And and and, and another way to point that I was making to somebody, which is like they're arguing. The guy writes for five thirty eight. We were talking about this. He was. I was arguing that basically the fact that like the the Warriors and the Spurs are going to win so many games is even more impressive than the seventy two win Bulls. Because the Bulls did it the year after expansion, right? And right now we are we are as far away from expansion as we've ever been in the in the NBA. So like the the, the standard deviation between forty one wins and getting to this. So basically, the Spurs if the Spurs win if the Warriors win seventy two games, they're more standard deviation away from the expected like from 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 the from the expected wins than the Bulls were in that season because it was an expansion year, right? Yeah, so I mean, and there are there are bad teams this year, but it's a different type of thing. Well, they're also not throwing. They're also not throwing guys at like. Uh, they're they're not playing their guys like as many minutes as, as teams play way back when, which makes it even harder. You know, so it's 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 a really kind of interesting and impressive feat, right? It, it, that's kind of where we are, and it's you know it, the, the Spurs they have a plan. I think they're very well set up for the next few years, right? So they did a really good, good job at getting a nice core together. That Danny Green contract was insane. They got LMA, they got uh, Kawhi, they got Kalyan, they got guys on this team. Even even now, even if Tim retires and and Tony retires and 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 or Tony like you know is on the end, Manu can't play, then they're still set up as a 51 team for the next such and such. You know the real and I'm saying this. You know who they really miss Splitter. They miss Splitter, and and because Splitter was a really good defender on fours and a really good rim protector. And for the role that they had him on that team, like where he doesn't have any offensive responsibilities and he just can take some guys out, he was a really good guy to have. And he, he did when, pretty well on Blake Griffin, didn't he? Yeah, he did very well on Blake Griffin. The issue, like, and again, the problem is like now when Timmy's out, like they don't necessarily have a, a rim protector. Like, I mean, they can throw David West out there, but like, you know, they could have a problem against teams with size. Like, so basically, David West is about beating the Warriors, not about beating, like, say, the Thunder or the Clippers. And they you know don't I mean? they don't have athletic size, which is a concern for me because that's one of the things that does well against the Warriors. Yeah, this is why the the, the Cal Anderson thing is interesting because you you can basically if you can use him at the one, two, or three, then you can go with a small ball lineup with Kawhi at the four. And if you can go with Kawhi at the four against the Warriors, then you that that becomes really interesting. If you don't have to put Kawhi on Curry or Clay, then you can basically do some things and like you can put you can put Kawhi on on, on Dre, and that becomes really interesting. Yeah, and I'm sure that's, Pop, well, that's where I'm I think sure, they're going. Yeah, I'm I'm sure Pop is thinking like he's sitting in the lab thinking about this sort of thing. For sure, 
Absolutely. Well, we'll do the Warriors. They were projected at 59 and a half, and they're close to it already. So we already knew about that. We <laughs> yeah, both we both like the over for obvious reasons, and they're they're a, they're an all time team. Yeah, we we expected them to be really 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 good. Uh, we didn't expect quite this, and I think how that could you? The, the gauge I, I I use for this so like there's a there, there's a guy I know I follow who's a, a, a on Twitter Miami Heat Index. He's a massive Heat fan, right? And he's one of these like old style basketball fans that he likes salty teams that beat people. He he did not like the Warriors a couple of years back, and I kept telling him like this team they take things personally. They get pissed, they get mad, they go out, and they, they 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 don't just beat people. They want to beat people and just, just basically it's like the salty like like burn the ground and salt the earth, right? They they want to beat the team so badly that they don't get back up. And it's it's kind of it's it's a chippiness that they have and they 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 take these personally, right? So so I'm sure like and I remember like the, the quote from Curry like we apologize for like for like for like looking into a championship. And and it this season has just been about that. I mean, again, and, and I think, and I don't know if we've talked about this, but so I keep, I keep numbers for players since 1986, right? And Steph Curry made me reset my axis uh, last year and he made him reset my axis again. He's, he was completely off the scale last year. He's completely off the scale. After I reset everything, I had to reset because I couldn't find him because he was completely off the scale. What he's doing in terms of value for a single player is unprecedented, right? We've never seen this, right? We've never seen a guy who should be covered at half court. And like we take shots from half court and make them as a good shot. Like he he can basically like that shot against the the Thunder. Like the thing about that shot is like he walked up, he looked at it and said like I can make the shot, right? Like it was it was a normal. It was like basically like a 15 footer for him. And like not only was it a 15 footer for him, but everybody expected the ball to be, to go in. And like you know I've seen. Do you remember the Indiana game a couple of weeks back? Yeah, where he made the two half court shots, one after the buzzer, and then the other one he made. And Indiana was actually covering, was picking him up at half court. Yeah, you have like to. He made he, he made one of them. Like Indiana's a small probably the smartest team defensively in the league, and they were picking up at half court and covering him. He just completely resets the curve. And having him and having that staff that's kind of smart about it just makes their potential so hard. Which is I mean, this is why like I don't get people like why but why are people like people hate on this team? And I'm like, dude, this is like the best basketball you may see in your lifetime. Enjoy it. Like some people are like too young to remember the Bulls, but like it's the same thing. Like the Bulls would, would win games that they had no right to win, and like the, the Warriors do the same thing. They they had no right to win that game against the Thunder, but they went out and did right. They yeah. just kind of willed themselves to victory. That's kind of you know it's amazing. It's impressive. And the fact that we're getting like two all time teams in the same season, right? I mean, like you know we, we had that that Heat Spurs final a couple years back, uh, which was amazing. I think that we're going to get something in the playoffs this year in the West that's going to be super amazing. Like we're gonna get that, and and that is kind of as a basketball fan, you have to enjoy it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get at least two, hopefully, all time series in this playoffs what? because the Spurs <laughs> Spurs Thunder series and whoever wins that against the Warriors. So where would you put their odds to win the title? Sixty five. Who is the biggest threat? It whoever wins the Spurs Thunder does that count, or is it? Just, if I had to pick, I'd probably say the Thunder, but it, it's hard it, between the Spurs at the same point are so good. It's between those two teams. It's not yeah, the Cavs. Yeah, I think head to head, right? I think, uh, I mean, again, I think I, I give a lot of credit to Kawhi, right? So I, I think Kawhi is great. I think Kawhi shuts him. That's why I think the Thunder, the Thunder are going to have a real problem because I know that like Kawhi gets up for these games against the Thunder, right? And, and so I think that that's a matchup that doesn't favor them. And I think that in a series with the Spurs, it's going to come down to whether they can hang with them, like athletically. That's, that's the thing, right? That's, which is you, why. Do you want to hear my theory? 
Yeah. I think the Warriors would rather face the Spurs than the Thunder, and I think the Spurs match up better with match up super well with the Thunder. So what happens is the the hardest matchup is going to be taken off the table already because Kawhi, as you said, incredible player, and he's great as a as an island guy, Kawhi Island, whatever you want to call it, and he's really good as a help defender. But his value against OKC in particular is super duper high because they have the best isolation score in basketball. And he doesn't have as much of a place to be against the Warriors. So I, I think that the Spurs are perfectly suited to beating the to beating the Thunder. I mean, obviously they don't have the perfect personnel, but their their top end guys are super good in that matchup, and they're incredibly well coached. They're better coached than the, the Thunder, obviously. So I feel I actually in some ways feel real feel relatively confident about that series. Yeah, I think again. I think it's gonna be great. I think the 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 Warriors are the the, the balls. I like the biggest favorite to win the title. Uh, actually, huh. on a normal year, they would be the biggest favorite. I think the having the Spurs makes it a little less overwhelming, and and having the Thunder uh, yep. because I think they have a punter's chance. But like, yeah, in a normal year, we basically saying like no, eighty percent, right? Right. But, That's what I was yeah, just they, gonna say. Is eighty percent is what it would be. But but historically, teams that are this good that are defending top champions win, right? And and I think that's that's the key. I mean, like it would take, you know, it would be something like the 2008 Celtics, right? So the the, the only reason the 2008 Celtics don't win the 2009 title is because Kevin Garnett goes down, right? And then Kevin Garnett goes down, then the backup uh, God, I forget his name, his backup power forward goes down, and they're left with Big Baby as their starting power forward in the playoffs. And that that's the kind of thing that would have to happen for the Warriors. You also don't usually have an opponent as good as the as good as the Spurs are. You know, like that's the other part of this is that usually when a team is coming for a back to back title, they're they don't have an, an all time team staring them in the face. It, it the parallel is with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Lakers. Yeah, and that's a, that's a completely different era. I mean, like maybe the, the 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 Jazz, right? So the Jazz and the Jazz against the Bulls is the other kind of positive example. Maybe the maybe now I I don't know about the two thousand eight Lakers. I don't know if I consider that team. Kind of uh, the 2010, but not the 2008. I kind of think like who, who and like put the, that, who, the Miami team that lost to the Spurs wasn't the Miami team that won the title before. Oh, true. the the best The best team the be, the best team we've seen to lose to not win the title is that Spurs team. Oh, the one that lost but, to the Ray Allen shot. The one the one that had the tro- the, the one that they brought the trophy out. Yeah, the trophy, the trophy was on the floor. And then, uh, and that that was again we we talked about it before. That's the greatest finals we've seen. I think. And, and yeah, that was the best team that didn't win the title. And I think that we are going to have a team that's going to be probably every bit as good as that team not win the title this year. Probably better. Right? And I, I would say, I would say that there is a very real chance that the team that doesn't, that whichever of those teams doesn't win the title is the best team in NBA history not to. Wow. Um, I think again, let's say, let's, in a series, let's say, like, if it was the Warriors, I probably agree with you. If, if, if it's the Spurs, I don't know if the Spurs team is necessarily better than that Spurs team. Because Kawhi because is so much better now than he was. Yeah, but like, but Manu Duncan, and Tony are worse. Tony hasn't been the same since he like rolled his ankle in that game, in that series. It's true. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's amazing that it would probably be between those two teams. There are a few others that are in the conversation, but yeah, that that's it. We're gonna have to have that conversation this year anyway, because no matter what, an all-time team isn't winning yeah. the title. But yeah, there is more time to think about it. Any any anything you want to see in the playoffs? Any series you'd like to see? What's the series you'd like to see? Utah Clippers, it's not going to happen. That's one I'd like to see. In the East, Pacers, Cavs in any round, first, second round, don't really care which. We have to, honestly, I think we have, we must get, we must, must get 
Thunder uh, Spurs and then Spurs Warriors because if we don't we, we will be we will be uh, we will be badly served if we don't get those two series. Well, I like, I've, or, I've or said other... I've said before that I'm gonna as a kind of as a basketball fan I'm gonna be devastated if we never get a Thunder Warriors series with these teams as presently constituted because we I mean obviously that Spurs Warriors series was years ago but to never get that especially considering these teams have such a penchant for playing amazing games against one another but Spurs Warriors this year is bigger than that. Like, that's a that's a series that if we don't get it, that's one of the all-time what-ifs if it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think... Wow. I mean, we should have gotten... I mean... Uh, except for Chris Paul... Like, Chris Paul being masterful, we should be... That that first-round series last year... Like, there's going to be... A, again, there's going to be a team in the first round in, in the West that's going to lose that's going to be, like, fantastic, right? I'd also... Team... I'll, I'll give you another series I want to see that's less high-profile. If it ever ever got to be Celtics Wizards, I would love to see that. Yeah, I think what you're gonna see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think what you're gonna see is you're gonna see the Celtics. Uh, God, six seed in the East. Who the hell is gonna be the six seed in the East? We don't know yet. It's it's way too open, which is fun because I always feel like in those situations there's all there are always like two series that you really want to see and they never happen. But it's always fun it, to see whether they it will. Feels like it's gonna be Celtics Hawks probably. Ugh, that's not what I want. And then you get like you get Hornety. No, because though I don't, you mean it's the four five? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I think maybe maybe the Pacers get up there. There there are a lot of possibilities, and the four five yeah, series think... is going to be a total coin flip in terms of whether it's fun. If the Pacers can get up to the five, <laughs> then you see that second round series with Pacers Cavs, which would be awesome. If it was the Celtics Hawks, basically, I'm I'm I'll, I'm, I'm going to be glad I have NBA TV. Yeah, because that's that's going to be your NBA TV series. Yeah. So. Oh, actually, let me give the totals. So basically, we have one, two, three. Uh, basically, out of twenty-seven teams, I didn't call three teams, right? And out of the ones, uh, Danny picked sixty percent of the teams right, and I picked seventy-four percent of the teams right. Nice. Without three, with three teams still left on the uh, on the table, basically. And I think some of the ones that we got wrong were the stayaways, anyway. So yeah, a bunch of these, like so, a bunch of the ones we got wrong were like, no, no, don't touch them. Uh, we, I think the big miss is probably the the Sixers, but I think that's that was understandable. And me with we were, the, and me with the Raptors. I think yeah, the the Nets we were off. We said don't touch. We we were like we were fifty percent on the Pacers, but we said stay away. We missed the Wizards, but again that that's been like a like a walking wounded. The Raptors we were fifty fifty. And again, I think I expected things to happen that didn't, but again we had them our uh, have a career year, so I don't know if we can take credit for that one. The Bulls we were fifty fifty, but we said stay away. Yeah, but we say st- we said stay away. I mean, like I think like but that number was that forty nine and a half was just silly. Yeah, and the Hawks are the Hawks are disappointing. We're both disappointed in the Hawks. I think the Nuggets are kind of a bit understandable because again they've also had all these injuries that like you know they they lost Gal, they lost a bunch of guys. Uh, the Suns same thing injury train. Mavs, I think you just didn't trust Rick Carlisle enough. Yeah, uh, and uh, the Rockets, where you know, I I think I think partly I was kind of scared by the fact that Arden was dating Kardashian. That always that's that's not a good sign. That means he, he his his mind was not on basketball. Clippers, but again, I think I'll give I'll give I'll give I'll, I'll say this. I mean, like I didn't expect Blake's what on he's gonna miss like 30, 40 games. I think it, I think it's around thirty. Yeah, that's that's more than I expected actually, yeah. even with their with a lot. Uh, and the Spurs, we just didn't we just and again, history kind of taught us that the Spurs don't care about seeding, but apparently this year they kind of do, right? They, they, yeah, they, or they're so good that they're just winning anyway. 
Yeah, I think the other yeah, the, I think the other problem is like their their bench unit is so good that even like oh, even in blowouts, like it used to be like you'll have these teams come back in blowouts, but it's really hard to come back against the Spurs bench unit, right? Yeah, because it's like and they and their bench unit tries, which is also a big difference. It's like oh, we're up fifteen. Oh God, here comes Beaumont. Oh crap! And, <laughs> and like they have all these like guys, Jonathan Simmons, and and all these guys who actually like Patty. Who are coming off the bench? Who are like David West, Boris Diaw, who are really good, right? Yeah. It's it, it's an it's an under understated thing that the uh, the Warriors and the Spurs do, which is they get the guy who used to be the best guy on this team, and like the the, the Warriors have the, they have Bogut, they have Iguodala. Iguodala used to be the best guy on the team that like went deep in the playoffs, right? Two teams in the East and the West, right? And 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 you add these guys, and like so that means your second unit is rolling with guys that. You know the the playoff team thing. Like these teams, these benches could make playoffs in like other conferences, basically. Yeah, it really is an incredible year. Uh, thanks so much for taking time. It's great talking with you, man. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Dan. Thanks again to Arturo Galetti for coming on. You can read him at basketballnumbers.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Arturo Galetti. That's A R T U R O G A L L E T T I. It was a lot of fun doing this and really going through. I'm pretty proud of, of the predictions we did. A lot of, He talked about the percentages, but I think a lot of the ones that we got wrong, quote-unquote, were stayaways. And so in terms of the actual, you know, like the ones that we encouraged, I think it did pretty well. Anyway, a lot of fun regardless. No, I didn't put any money on it, so it's, it's, it's fun to be right, but, you know, going through all that kind of stuff. Really happy, you know, with where the podcast is going. Thrilled with, if you haven't listened to some of the more recent episodes, Jim Barnett, Lee Jenkins, Jonathan Charks, I think all of those are pretty timeless in that sense, and that is part of what I want to do with Real Jam Radio is have it be a little bit more in that vein so you can listen to it, you know, a month, two months after the fact and hopefully still get more than a little bit out of it. If you have any ideas in terms of guests or whatever, you can reach out to me at Danny LaRue on Twitter, D-A-N-N-Y-L-E-R-O-U-X, Danny LaRue NBA on Facebook, or Danny LaRue NBA at gmail.com. I, I read everything, I respond to it, and I really do appreciate it. Also, you can use the real GM SeatGeek code. I, I read about SeatGeek in the, in the prior episode, the Eastern Conference, but again, you should use it. Promo code is $20 off your first order. It helps us, it helps you. And to help SeatGeek know that, that you came from us. So that helps really. It's it's a, a great thing that they're doing. And for a product I use, it's even more fun. Uh, beyond that, you know, things are going well. Got a lot going for the sporting news. Going to bring back some CBA encyclopedia stuff for Real GM. I'm actually working on a piece that I didn't want to write on, on kind of the idea of medical-induced retirements. But the idea of the uncertainty with Chris Bosh made me want to kind of do that. Not that it's going to happen with him hopefully, but just as it made me think of, hey, this is a gap in the CBA encyclopedia, so probably going to work on that today. And yeah, and a bunch of other stuff started off-season previews for the Sporting News, going to do all 30 teams in the next couple months. I already actually have the first batch written, but you know, releasing it over time to build interest and all that fun stuff. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for reading. Take care and make it a great day. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 400,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how.
Run to Old Navy for revolutionary prices on summer's most stylish shorts. Tomorrow only, they're all 50% off for the whole family. All your favorite shorts, denim, linen, all of them. All shorts are 50% off tomorrow only. Run to Old Navy. Valid 630 excludes active. Run to Old Navy for revolutionary prices on summer's most stylish shorts. Tomorrow only, they're all 50% off for the whole family. All your favorite shorts, denim, linen, all of them. All shorts are 50% off tomorrow only. Run to Old Navy. Valid 630 excludes active.